1: Welcome to Catholic Baltimore. My name is Father Brian Nolan. I'm a priest of the Archdiocese of Baltimore. I'm here with Joe Palkovic. Joe is a, a Catholic layman and also a police officer. So I'd like you to welcome to our program, Joe. Thank you, Father. I'm happy to be here. Joe brings uh, two interesting experiences, and we're gonna divide this up into two segments. The first segment we're gonna focus on is faith in college. And we hear a little bit more of his experience in, in growing in faith in college and the importance of that. In the second segment, as I mentioned, he's a police officer. And we're going to talk about how Faith shapes uh, how he lives out his vocation as a police police officer. So, well, let's begin. Faith is, uh, we have a number of our, our listeners who might be young adults who are about to go to college for the first time. We have parents that are sending their children or or resending them to college. Joe, uh, maybe you can give a little bit of background of your experience prior to college and how you got connected um, while you were at McDaniel College. Sure,
2: of course. Well, you know well about my experience <laughs> yeah. at McDaniel College because you were, at the time, you were a uh, associate pastor at St. John's in Westminster, uh, which is two blocks away from McDaniel. <laughs> sure. yeah. And um, growing up, I th- I think I was very privileged um, just by virtue of the fact that I was raised in the Catholic faith. Uh, both my parents are Catholic, and while they're not perfect people, um, they're both definitely believers, and they raised me and my, my two older brothers to be practicing Catholics and believers and so I obviously had that going for me. We all went to 12 years of Catholic school and I obviously had the choice of whether I wanted to go to college or where I wanted to go to college and I for a very short time, just a very short time, I considered a Catholic college and then I thought uh, that I should branch out a little bit and so... Catholic
1: colleges are good both are good but it sounds like yeah. you discern that for yourself, yes
2: um, So I think growing up I I think I appreciated the Catholic tradition um, for what it offered in terms of uh, moral formation. Uh, I definitely had a very influential set of friends who were practicing Catholics. And when I was ready to leave the home and go on to college, um, I felt like I was prepared, you know, for the world. So uh, that was kind of why I chose to go with the college that I wanted to Choose for secular reasons rather than religious reasons. Probably for my first two years of college, I really didn't have a, a connection with fellow Catholics on campus, um, <clears throat> but I did attend church on Sundays at St. John's, which it was easy to do because it was two blocks away. <laughs> sure. Um, and my roommate was Catholic, and so we would walk to and from Sundays, and. Sometimes we'd go, there was a Sunday night mass, uh, and we'd go to the Sunday night mass, and that actually, at that parish, was a really powerful mass, uh, because of the youth group, the youth band. And that was very touching to me, and it got me more interested. Uh, I also was dating my my now wife at the time, and she, uh, also practicing Catholic, uh, got me very much interested in the faith. Um, That's right. She
1: was she was a fervent Catholic, just really yeah. just of, on fire with her. Yeah, and a graduate of Loyola University. <laughs> yeah, sure, another yeah. Catholic university, yeah. sure. If you can speak uh, about what was your experience of, or would you say, what were some of the challenges? <laughs> I, I don't <laughs> think it's ever easy to
2: practice your faith, personally, but um, I was involved. I was a uh, track runner, so I, I was in, involved with the track and field team. And one of the things... That all college kids, I think, no matter who they are, where they come from, I think you're immediately looking for some belonging, There's some sense of of fitting in somewhere. And so being a part of the track team, it was a, a, a ready-made group of friends, which is beautiful and important, and I really, really appreciated it and, and do still today. Uh, but they don't all share the same values. <laughs> sure. so. Yeah, sure. Um, It's very easy to kind of get sucked into the debaucherous parties of college that are, you know, college is famous for. And um, so those things were were going on all the time. And I personally, having grown up a Catholic and been practicing my faith coming to school, I felt uncomfortable in those situations, too. And so that sense of belonging was something that I was still kind of searching for uh, even into probably my junior year. Of school. And how did you get connected your junior year? Uh well, it's funny that you asked that question because I'm talking to the person who connected me. So
1: <laughs> remind me remind me of the specific story. Yeah. Right. Um,
2: there was no there was no specific incident I don't think, but I something inspired me, I think, uh to to attend a daily mass a couple of days a week and I started coming to daily mass and there was another priest there, uh, Father Leo yeah, sure. who immediately noticed the young person coming to <laughs> To daily mass, and he pulled me aside after probably the second time I showed up, and he said, "I'm going to take you to breakfast." Uh, so we we became friends, and he uh, strongly recommended that I get involved with the Catholic Campus Ministry group, which you, Father, were the chaplain of sure. the time. <laughs> and so that became uh, a really great group of friends for me, and and built wonderful connections with. With the group and with you, obviously. So
1: one of the things that uh, about Joe that really stood out is you could see the gift of how the Mass, which is the source and summoner of our faith, just changes things. You know, with with frequent Mass or even daily Mass, where it just shapes and forms us, and it's one day at a time. And and you could I could always see the difference uh, the time. You, I, uh, Joe's nickname was Good Joseph. Good Joseph, and it was just it really stuck with me. And whenever I saw him, it was like, "There goes Good Joseph." And what's even more beautiful was, um, uh, uh, for our listeners, the uh, his his uh, now wife is Mary, so I call him the Holy Family, Joseph and Mary. <laughs> so, what a yeah. what a great blessing to see you grow in faith. Are, are there any? Um, can you give uh, one or two examples of s- other ways that you grow in faith in college, um, specifically with Catholic Campus Ministry?
2: Catholic Campus Ministry provided something that was kinda of lacking in my life in terms of service uh, we did a couple of service trips as you know cuz you took us um, <laughs> and that that was a side of, of life I think that I just I would never experience in my um, all my secular kind of endeavors you know my hist- I was a history major uh, in the history department we didn't there was no charity you know in the track and field team there's no charity Um, And so Catholic Campus Ministry kind of, it didn't just connect me to um, kind of the idea of service, although it did that, but it also connected me to people that I would never meet otherwise. And I think that that's a huge, huge um, developmental necessity, I think, for anybody. Uh, Just to become a more well-rounded person, I think you need to meet people who are not at all like yourself and Catholic Campus Ministry, as odd as it seems, did connect me to people who are not like me.
1: Um, So that example of, you gave several examples, one is just growing in your own faith personally, your love of God, specifically through daily mass, and even just loving others, that that service um, becomes a way of, uh, our faith uh, fuels us to uh, think about others, to care about others, to uh, make sacrifices and and, uh, respond to others. what a great, great blessing. It's, uh, for me, as a campus chaplain, I'm, I'm finishing up 10 years um, as chaplain at Mount St. Mary's University. So it's, you were in the early days of, of Catholic campus ministry. So maybe... Uh, to, yeah, to I'm honored it. that you wanted to have you on your show. It's <laughs> like, right. I feel
2: like I'm your only success story. Or something. <laughs> That's I'm right, exactly. <laughs>
1: but what's beautiful is... Uh, That wherever your son or daughter is going, or if you have a young person who's going to college, get connected to faith. If you're at a public university, connect to a Newman Center. If you're at a Catholic university, get connected to campus ministry. These are ways that for yourself and for others uh, to grow. Our guest is Joe Palkovic. Uh, We'll continue our conversation in a moment. I'm Father Brian Nolan, and you're listening to Catholic Baltimore.
3: Catholic News from the Archdiocese of Baltimore and around the world with the Catholic Review. Archbishop William E. Lori acknowledged the renewed pain and anger caused by clergy sexual abuse following the release of a Pennsylvania grand jury report that details some of the actions taken by Cardinal William H. Keeler when he was bishop in Pennsylvania. Archbishop Lori said in a statement, August 14th, that at this difficult time in the life of the church, we in the Archdiocese of Baltimore are especially saddened and troubled by the news of the late Cardinal William H. Keeler's failures while serving as Bishop of Harrisburg. One of six dioceses cited in the grand jury report. Cardinal Keeler was auxiliary bishop of Harrisburg from 1979 to 1983 when he became bishop of the diocese until his appointment to Baltimore in 1989. In 2002, Cardinal Keeler made Baltimore one of the first dioceses in the country to release a comprehensive list of names of priests who had been accused of sexual misconduct with minors. The report came just a few months after the U.S. bishops gathered in Dallas approved the Charter for the Protection of Children and Young People, and accompanying norms that required dioceses to implement zero-tolerance policies regarding clergy sexual misconduct. Archbishop Laurie noted that in light of the painful revelations about the Cardinal's failures to protect children while serving as Bishop of Harrisburg, it is no longer the plan of the Archdiocese to name the proposed new Catholic school in Baltimore after Cardinal Keeler. He said, quote, the findings of the grand jury, which follow recent revelations about alleged abusive behavior by Archbishop Theodore McCarrick, are rightly a cause for anger, disillusion, and pain among many in our church. These feelings towards the church must be met with more than prayers and promises. They must also be met with action by any and all with responsibility for ensuring the safety of children and others in our care, end quote. The Archbishop said it's clear that any such efforts must include lay involvement, for no longer can we expect the faithful to entrust us to the hierarchy alone. After the grand jury report, the Archbishop said since he arrived in Baltimore, he has made the healing of survivors and the strengthening of the Archdiocese's existing child protection efforts a top priority. Quote, key to our efforts is the strength of our independent review board and our mediation program for survivors of abuse. Both of these rely heavily on the independent leadership of laity, which will be integral to the credibility and any effort to advance reforms in the church to bring about greater trust, accountability, and transparency. These are all critical to our ongoing and daily efforts to protect those in our care and to promote healing among those the church failed to protect." For more information and resources on the Archdiocesan response to the abuse crisis, visit archbalt.org forward slash accountability. That's archbalt.org forward slash accountability. For ongoing coverage, visit catholicreview.org. From the newsroom of the Catholic Review, I'm Kevin Parks.
4: Do you want to know more about what's going on in the church and the world than you can get from your daily newspaper or local TV? Read the only publication in the Archdiocese of Baltimore that covers the church full-time. The Catholic Review. Pick up the print magazine monthly at your parish or have the Catholic Review delivered to your home every month. You can get fresh news every day online at Catholicreview.org. Subscribe to the Catholic Review e Newsletter for twice-a-week updates. Just text CR Media to 84576. Find our app on Apple and Android. And follow the Catholic Review on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram and Pinterest. Wherever your faith takes you, Catholic Review Media is ready to inspire, teach, inform, and engage. Read it today in print and online at CatholicReview.org. That's CatholicReview.org.
1: You
0: are listening to Catholic Baltimore on Talk
1: Radio 680 WCBM. Welcome back to Catholic Baltimore. I'm Father Brian Nolan. I'm here with Joe Palkovic. Joe is a corporal at the Frederick Police Department. And Joe, I wanted to talk a little bit more of uh, you as a vocation, uh, not just as a husband and a father, but as a police officer. Sure. Um, Maybe you can share a little bit uh, about how does your Catholic faith help you or how does being a Christian uh, affect uh, why you do what you do? I think being
2: a Christian is the main influence of what made me want to become a police officer because I feel a and and I can speak for probably most police officers when I say this. Uh, I feel a sense of duty to my fellow man, you know to 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 reach out and to protect him and and to just kind of stick my neck out there for other people uh, and that's a Christian principle and to to even to the extent to say, it, it would be accurate to say most police officers feel that duty to their fellow man, um, even above and beyond their instinct for self-preservation. And I think that that's, that's uniquely Christian in a lot of ways.
1: Living that so. uh, there's no greater love than this, than to lay down one's life for one's friends. And, and frankly, police officers do that for the community. Exactly. Life of a police officer. How 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 can an average citizen understand the life of a police officer? I, I find it fascinating. Sometimes we forget. Here we have men and women that are living the daily life, but sac- willing to sacrifice themselves. Kind of describe your um, your experience. This is something
2: that's it's kind of hard to um, get people to understand. I think in today's climate, just with the way everything's gone in the last couple of years. Um, but I think do you know, the most important thing about Anybody in any calling in any profession, or any vocation, is the most important thing is to kind of remember that they're human. Um, and for me, I, it it helps humanize me. I think that we did that first segment where we talked about my my life and um, uh, how I became who I am. And the the thing is that you just have to remember that uh, everybody that now wears a uniform and a badge they they have a background story just like that, and you don't know it until you know the person, and it shapes how they think and feel and and how you react to situations. And I can remember lots of times when I was a brand-new police officer where uh, I stepped into a situation, and maybe I I hadn't really decided what I thought about what the situation was yet, Uh, but it seemed to me that I was stepping into a situation where everybody else there already knew what I thought. Uh, And I didn't know what I thought, you know what I mean. (laughs) So it's like uh, you know know, that happens all the time when you pull somebody over. Uh, That's like the number one (laughs) thing you do as a new police officer is pull people over. You pull traffic stops, right? And you pull a traffic stop and you make contact with the person and maybe you didn't even see the driver. You know, maybe you just, you just saw the car run the red light and you, you pull the car over and the driver is telling you why you pulled them over. And it's not why you pulled them over.
1: You know, <laughs> Joe, uh, Joe, there's probably more people, prayer police officers help more people pray when we get pulled over. <laughs> <laughs> That's true too. Yeah. And the thing is,
2: anytime there's a cop behind you, you get nervous. I still get nervous when I'm driving and I have a cop behind me. So it's just a natural kind of human thing. But, uh, I do think that the, uh, people lose sense lose the sense of uh, of the fact that we're we're paid to do. I mean, it's called law enforcement, so there are laws, and we're we're paid to enforce them. So when I go out there, there's a job that I have to do, and then, and I have to hold people accountable for things that they don't always want to be held accountable for, <laughs> or they don't agree that they need to be held accountable for. You know, and so that's you're always the bad guy when you're the cop. You know, you step into any situation, and and everybody else feels that they are in the right and it's your job to step in and say, actually,
1: no, you know, at, at times I can imagine also, I mean, sometimes we forget uh, for a police officer, every time you approach a car, it could be uh, just a regular person for a speeding ticket or the danger that comes, you're approaching uh, a person who you, you know nothing about and, and well, maybe a good portion of them aren't uh, dangerous it's possibly could be dangerous. So you're, you're putting yourself up every time you come and, and you go to someone's window. You never know what you're approaching as well. So this this idea of it's easy us for take for granted, like, oh, it's just me you've pulled over. Well, the thing
2: is that they're, they're, 99% of the people you pull over are nice, normal people, decent people. Uh, but if you pull 100 traffic stops, then one of those people's not. And so you have to remember that we're we're preparing for the one person who's not because we don't get a second chance at that. And so every time a police officer pulls a traffic stop, you know, they pull you over for speeding or whatever it is, uh, they're approaching your car like you're a threat to them because they have to. I mean, they don't get a second chance. Um,
1: you just don't know. Right. And sometimes it's easy to take for granted, oh, that's Joe who's down the street or Susie who, oh, everyone... Who would ever pull over Susie? But you're just pulling over a car, and you have no idea what you're approaching. Um, but but how would your uh, how would you say your your um, back to the question of give some examples of how your faith has enhanced? You being a, a good police officer, a faithful police officer in your duties.
2: Well, one of the things that it's easy to lose sight of as a cop is I already talked about the sense of humanity, and you know it's important to remember that cops are human. But it's important for cops to remember that. The people that we're dealing with are also human. And they are made in God's image and likeness, and they have a dignity. And when you're a police officer, you go, I mean, your whole job is to go from one person's worst day to the next person's worst day. You just go, you know, your entire day as a police officer is to go step into people's lives at the worst moment in their lives. So you do it all day long, every single day. And it's easy for you to lose uh, sensitivity it's easy for you to lose um, compassion and uh, as a Christian uh, I do uh, you know prayer helps me to remember that it's important for me to treat people with with compassion and dignity uh, in all situations and even people that you know they're doing horrible things and I still have to treat them like
1: they're God's child you know can imagine that would be difficult for an argumentative person or someone who says I'm not in the wrong when they've just been caught doing something really awful. That uh, well, I'm not going to say I'm perfect at it either. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but that but that does take almost a spiritual stamina. For uh, can you give any instances of how of the ways that you. uh pray outside of being a police officer or prior to to your serving um, sure. as a police officer?
2: And I think it also goes through cycles in life, you know, sometimes I'm really good about prayer and sometimes I'm not. Sure. Uh, but, you know, when I'm doing really well with prayer, I think <laughs> sure. uh, I pray before, during, and after my shift as a police officer, but just because it's, you know, before it's a little bit of, of self selfishness, I guess. I'm, I'm praying for my own safety, for, you know, for my family and everything that I'll get back to them. And then during my shift, I pray for the people whose lives I'm stepping into and sometimes whose deaths I'm stepping into. And now in my, in my current job where I'm a detective, I see a lot of death. And so praying for the dead is something that's very honored in Catholicism especially. And it's important to me, I think, and I think it's important for all of us that, you know, you, you may not know who the police officer is that responds to your death scene but it would help you, I think, to know that they're praying
1: for you. It's a spiritual work of mercy to pray for the living and the dead, and that's one of the great gifts as we uh, commend them to the Lord. I just read a uh, a beautiful quote by Pope Benedict that says, Our whole life ascends to an encounter. All of our life ascends to an encounter, ultimately, with the One, and we want them to be spiritually prepared to meet the Lord and see them face to face. Can can you give an example of, of something that really example that makes you proud to be a police officer?
2: Yeah. You know, just recently, I think maybe two months ago or so, a woman came up to me who I, you know, really did not recognize at all. And I can't imagine that I had seen her before, but she came up to me, she asked me my name and I told her and she said, unequivocally, you saved my life. Thank you. And I didn't remember that incident. She told me the story. Wow! Uh, even after she told me the story, I didn't remember it. But she knew my name, and she knew uh, what had happened, and she knew that I had saved her life. And that's one of the things that you can't you can't put a value on. So it's just really it's a beautiful thing to be able to be
1: that for people, and maybe not even re- remember, you know. It's it's almost like the, the tip of the iceberg that there's so much of a, a, a beautiful backstory of how God allowed your connection with her and that maybe brief moments, um, but how it, it helped her, and wow the many many graces that that when you see the Lord God willing when you see him and he says well done good and faithful servant they always say that that, that revealing of the ways God used you as a police officer, so many blessings. Joe uh, thank you for being here on, on Catholic Baltimore and what a great blessing we pray for police officers we pray for you thank you for coming today for Catholic Baltimore thanks a lot father I'm father Brian Nolan God bless you
5: Visit us online at newcathedralcemetery.org, like us on Facebook at New Cathedral Cemetery Bonnie Bray, or call 410-566-7770.
4: Child abuse is not only a crime, it's also a sin. The Archdiocese of Baltimore has long made the protection of children a leading priority in its parishes, schools, and other ministries. The Archdiocese seeks to keep kids safe through rigorous training and background checks, and by implementing a zero tolerance policy for anyone credibly accused of abusing a child. For more information about the Archdiocese efforts to keep our children safe, please visit www.archbalt.org.
6: Life can be hard and at times we feel overwhelmed and alone. When faced with problems, know that there is a group of Catholics who are part of the prayer ministry of the Archdiocese of Baltimore, waiting to lift you and your needs to God in prayer. This ministry is comprised of men and women, young and old, religious and lay, from every ethnic and cultural background. They pray as individuals and in groups, in homes and meeting spaces throughout Baltimore. Like you, they are people who have suffered the same hurts, fears, pains, sickness, loss, and everyday burdens. Learn more about this ministry by visiting our website at www.archbalt.org. If you are in need of prayer, send your prayer request to prayers at archbalt.org or by phone to 410-547-5517. Would you like to volunteer to be a part of the ministry? Prayer ministers are always needed. Please call or email our coordinator, who would be happy to speak with you.
0: Thank you for joining us for this edition of Catholic Baltimore.